guys. Welcome back to Working at the Wheel. Whether it's your first time listening to us or you've been with us through this ride, we're so happy to have you with us today. Uh, This is our eighth episode of Working at the Wheel, and it is our fourth episode of our Home Alone series. Our Home Alone series has just been looking at how we can truly find God in this time of isolation amidst the global pandemic, and most likely being away from our campus for the holiday season. We've been talking a lot about ministry these past couple weeks, and today we want to talk about something a little different and a little more inward, um, and that is the topic of purity. Today we're going to look at purity not only in relationships, but in singleness as well. So without further ado, let's get started by introducing the people who are going to help drop some hot wisdom on us today. And that is our two guests, Mr. Zane Albrecht and Mrs. Serena Sorensen. How's it going, guys? It's going good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Ricky. Finally, returning to Working at the Wheel, we have my podcast team co-host, Mr. Jason Horton. Jason, welcome back. Thanks so much. Good to be here. So guys, purity is not always the easiest topic to talk about. Um, It's not always the favorite topic to talk about. Um, So I'm just wondering if anyone wants to get us started in this conversation, maybe introduce yourselves a little bit more and uh, open us up with some comments either about purity and singleness um, or relationships. Yeah, I can start. Uh, So I think the best place to begin would be in high school. My high school is very secular, especially in like the dating scene, whereas almost like a bad thing if you were single, like everyone expected you to be in a relationship. So I've always had very skewed uh, vision of what dating and uh, relationships should look like. It wasn't really until I started pursuing faith my, uh, the summer of my senior year, uh, when I went to Colorado to work at a Christian camp that I really truly like got a relationship with the Lord and really started to take seriously like how that would affect my romantic relationships with other people. And so my freshman year, uh, I don't know if anyone knows this name anymore, but Evan Degler, he uh, brought me to this group called FNF, which uh, meets at High Point. And it's a guy's uh, purity group where we can like talk about like sexual sin and other different ways in which like we can pursue purity. And so that's where I really learned a lot about what purity means, like in a relationship and also outside of that. Yeah, so I really liked how you just, you know, shared a little bit of your story. And I I definitely could pick out three things within that. First of all, it was your discover of purity and and it being in a single atmosphere. Um, But then also how you learned about purity and how it could affect your relationships with other people. And then finally, just a way that you were able to learn about it, but with the help of your community and with the help of other people around you. Um, so I don't know if anyone has other similar experiences that they want to share, but how can we dive into these three things, you know, purity and singleness, purity and relationship, and then also just being able to lean on our community for not only wisdom, but accountability um, in this time with other people. Yeah, I, I think I'd like to just chime in um, at the start of this conversation. Um, I want to read a, a passage from Leviticus in the Old Testament of uh, uh, one of the books detailing God's laws for the Israelites. Um, it's Leviticus twenty twenty six, And this passage says, Thus you are to be holy to me, for I, the Lord, am holy, and I have set you apart from the peoples to be mine. And, I, and the reason I bring that, that passage up um, later on in First Peter, um, that same passage is uh, reiterated by Peter, uh, as he says, It is written, You are to be holy as I am holy. Um, And oftentimes, I think when we talk about purity, the immediate mind of the college student or people, um, uh, young adults, 
goes to sexuality, mm -hmm. right? Because those things seem to be inextricably linked in our culture. And it's true, they are, and they always have been. Um, but in the context of the Bible, of God's Word, and our relationship with God, the idea of purity is much more holistic than simply our sexual endeavors, um, experiences, desires, so forth. Um, well, that's a big part of it, and, and that's probably what a lot of the conversation today will be on. Purity, um, as is detailed in Scripture, is uh, a much more complete idea than that. There's a lot more. Uh, it's multifaceted, is, mm -hmm. what, is what I'm trying to get at. Absolutely, and I think, like what you said, majority of what we're going to be talking about today is in that relational aspect. Um, but I think defining purity as something that goes drastically beyond relationships and really is multifaceted is really important. And I think a way for us to start this conversation too is looking at singleness because we don't hear a lot about purity and singleness and how those actually go together. Mm -hmm. um, so how, how do those go together? How does purity and singleness interact with each other? Um, and how can we be content in, in both those things as we grow closer to God? I think that something that's important to look at is uh, in 1 Corinthians 7, when uh, Paul talks about, he's talking to the Church of Corinth, because a lot of sexual immorality going on there. And he says in chapter 7 how he wishes that everyone was like him, like single. And so I think something that's really important to take away from that is that when you are single, you have a very good uh, just opportunity to serve the Lord through uh, just a... Uh, having a lot more time to not just focus on another person, but to have that outreach of like being able to spread the gospel and not have to uh, be so fully committed to someone in a relationship. Yeah, I think kind of going off of that too, something in singleness that um, I think can be a pretty prevalent struggle is comparison and um, like comparing where you're at and like seeing, especially in college as people, you know, have their relationships and you see people get engaged and have weddings and all these things. But um, I think something that's been really helpful is just remembering that the Lord's timeline for each of us is so different and it's equally beautiful no matter what. Um, and a phrase that, or like a saying I have posted in my room is that um, like each and every day I'm a part of the greatest love story. And that's like ultimately like my love story with the Lord. Um, so that's been something that's been really helpful when like the temptation to like compare like where I'm at and where um, other people around me are at because I think in singleness that can be um, definitely a challenge at times. Right, and, and to continue on that thought, um, I think one of the reasons that um, we don't often think about the ways that purity and singleness interact so much as we think about um, purity and relationships interact is simply that when we think about purity, like I was saying before, we think specifically about sexual purity and sexual purity almost always uh, exists in two people interacting with one another mm -hmm. um, sexually, right? Um, as sex is a, a two person act. Um, and so, and because of that, I think it's, it's again, important to realize that purity is really holistic in God's eyes, right? The purity that he calls us to as Christians is not simply that of sexual purity. It is that of sexual purity, but it's also that of our thought life, mm -hmm. of the ways that we use our words um, when, we're, when we're around other people. And it's of the ways that we lead ourselves as, as well as the people around us. So if we're consistently leading ourselves into um, 
areas where we can fall susceptible to uh, gluttony, laziness, um, or sexual immorality with ourselves, right, through masturbation, pornography, mm-hmm. um, that, that's a problem. And it's a problem we really need to address, especially on the college campus and through our campus ministries, because that's something that I've really found to be a turnoff to people when it comes to Christianity. It's, it's always about, well, what are, what are the rules that I have to follow? You know, like, what are the things that I can't do? And the idea of purity and even the idea of singleness isn't so much about what we can't do as Christians. It's what we're called to do as mm-hmm. Christians. Um, and why we want to do it. Exactly. Yeah. I think another thing to think about, too, is just we want to serve God in any way that we can. So having that hope, having that trust in, in the beautiful plan like Serena was talking about is just another way that we can truly surrender that to God. Surrendering our singleness, surrendering these things like pornography and masturbation to him in terms of, I don't need these things to satisfy me. I just need God. Um, And at the end of the day, I think um, relationships or things like porn and masturbation are really just ways for us to satisfy the things that we're missing with our relationship with God. I think too that it's just a way that we can, like Jason said, just truly address it right away. And unfortunately, the world is broken and these things have become normalized where that a lot of times is the reason why is a turnoff for Christianity, like you said, Jason, is because people don't want to have to give these things up. Um, But I think if we really pour into the truths of why these things are so toxic in our lives, um, especially in our time of singleness, we can really find out um, how much better it could be without them and with the Lord in its place. Yeah, and I think something, too, with that um, is just, like, being able to remember that, like, the Lord just knows, like, he knows what is best for us and, like, how we will, like, ultimately find the most joy and satisfaction and, um, like, all of these things. And it's not, like, the Lord, like, we can't do these because it's just, like, a restriction or, like, God's trying to, like... um, yeah, just, like, make it, like, strict and all these things, like, I think that that can be a very stereotypical view that the world has of, um, like, Christianity in general, just with things related to, um, like, sex, and I think just, like, remembering that, like, the creator of the world knows, like, our deepest, like, longings and desires of our hearts and knows that, like, only he can satisfy those, and through his call to purity for us, um, like, it is ultimately out of his love that he calls us to purity, not out of, a, like, a harsh father who wants, but it's it's out of that love. And I think just, like, remembering that when thinking about, like, pursuing purity is just so important. Yeah. yeah. And in addition to that, it's also not an arbitrary love that, that or an arbitrary calling mm-hmm. um, out of love that God's giving when he commands us um, and guides us to be sexually pure as well as holistically pure. Uh, Like, it's not just because he wants that. There's much more depth to it. He wants it for good reason. Um, To act in sexual immorality, whether that's through masturbation or through premarital sex or even lust in the marriage bed, right? Because Paul talks about that being a a possibility that that he doesn't want to see happen in the church in Corinth. Um, 
th there's a great reason for it, and that reason is um, to do such a thing is a perversion, a twisting of God's original purpose for sex, right? It was never meant to be um, self-gratifying, right? Mm -hmm. Sex is only ever meant to be a, a giving of oneself to another person. And the purpose behind that is it's, um, well, it's, it, there's many purposes, but one of the main purposes behind that is that it's supposed to be a type of, of what it is that Christ is to the church, mm -hmm. right? So he literally lays down his life in order to see life flourish um, on the other side of his death and resurrection in us, right? He gives himself up, crucifies him. Well, he's crucified, uh, gives himself up. And then through that, it says that um, he was brought great joy in what was to come, right? Uh, for the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. That, that joy was us receiving eternal life, relationship with the Father, and so forth. And sex is supposed to model that, right? That, that's way more depth than simply hooking up with somebody can, mm -hmm. can ever produce, or, or simply feeling um, physical pleasure through the act can ever produce, right? Um, and to reduce it to that is spitting in God's face and perverting that great meaning. So there, there's, there's a good reason for why he calls us to do that. And we can much more clearly see the love that he has for us when we look into that reasoning. Something that I think is really important is to view purity as a gift, which is not just simply what God wants us to do, but something that he actively gives to us. Mm -hmm. Since the fall, we are at our core depraved and we will seek things, even we don't really care if it's evil or not, but as long as it gratifies ourself, then we'll take it. And so for Jesus to so lavishly put on this gift of purity and allows us to really see not only himself, but ourselves in that, I mean, I think it's just such a tremendous gift, but it can really be hard to see, especially like in this culture where uh, if you scale like just like lust and just uh different kind of like pornographic stuff like our culture is probably like most of the time like at a four or five and so it could be hard to like really truly grasp like just how depraved and how evil pornography and like premarital sex is when that's just like obviously around us when you like really truly dig in the word and see just like and just how beautiful that relationship and that Jesus allows us to have that. That's something that's really been open, opened up to my eyes the past few years. For sure. And I think one thing also to remember is that God created marriage. He created sex. He created sexuality. Mm -hmm. Meaning in itself, it is not bad. It is the human broken race that we are that is shifting it to be sinful and shifting it to be bad. You know, and, and that's another thing also, too, is just how can we, like you were saying, Jason, use this sexuality that God created to glorify him and not for our own selfish satisfactions, which it has come to be in this day and age. I think the other way to look at it, too, is God calls some people to just be single and to truly, you know, work on their relationship with him. And yeah, it's not fun. We're called towards community. We are a species that just loves to latch on to other people and find comfort in them. Um, but at the end of the day, when you look at the Bible, you see so many characters that God are just called to be completely single. I mean, mm -hmm. anyone heard of Paul? Because 
<laughs> he's pretty cool and he's pretty single and he's done really great things um, for God and for the kingdom of God. Um, so I think also as we kind of wrap up singleness and move towards talking about purity and relationships is looking at singleness as like you were saying, Zane, as a gift, you know, mm-hmm. looking at it as what can I do with this opportunity to pursue my individual relationship towards God when I don't have um, the, uh, the, the other person next to me that I also need to pursue a relationship with. Um, and I know that's something that I personally have a huge part of my testimony for. Um, and I think also the last thing I kind of want to add is the idea of being content in singleness. I think being content in singleness almost gives the thought of, I'm not going to say yes to any godly man ever. Like I'm content in my singleness. I'm single. It is what it is. And I think the way to look at it is I'm content in my singleness, meaning I'm pursuing my individual relationship with Christ right now, but I am patiently and trustingly waiting for God to put someone in my life if he wants to. Um, And that's just something that I encourage you um, if you're listening, whether you are currently single or pursuing a relationship to just dive into um, is not only your individual relationship with God, um, but also just how are you patiently waiting for the plan of Jesus and for God's will to unfold? Yeah, and I think one thing to add um, to what you were saying, Vicki, is just um, how at the end of the day, too, like having an eternal perspective and not just looking at our time here on earth, but that the Lord is like our ultimate bridegroom and um, like thinking about like weddings here on earth, like will pale in comparison to the day when um, like Christ returns and we're all reunited with him at the, like in heaven, there's not marriage. And like, we are all getting to like worship the Lord together, um, and just be in like such rich community with him. And like God's design for marriage here on earth is like a kind of a reflection of that. Um, but I think too, just having that like eternal perspective of like, this is like, this is our, like Christ is our ultimate bridegroom. And like, that will be us one day together so yeah 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 i definitely agree with that i think also one of the pitfalls of um being single and like um like ecstatically so is that um and i don't see this very often more often than not it's on the other end of the spectrum where people are idolizing um a relationship Mm -hmm. but it's possible to fall into idolatry with with singleness like you were Mm -hmm. saying Vicky. it's it's not so much that when we're single, to be content is to deny any opportunity. Yeah. Um, but to be content is to um, love the Lord um, mm-hmm. and just walk with the Lord on a daily basis. Singleness isn't solitude and it isn't isolation. Um, being content in singleness is actually being content in relationship with God and, <laughs> and simply yeah. God, right? Um, which is really beautiful. Um, and many times throughout my relatively short walk as a Christian, I have squandered that opportunity very unwisely hopping into a new relationship. And, um, but, but the times where I've been able to walk with the Lord in singleness have been really beautiful times. Um, and they're really enticing me to, they were really enticing me to stay in singleness. Um, but that wasn't, that didn't so much mean that I was holding on to it as my God, right? It was me walking with my God gladly. Um, but singleness itself isn't supposed to be our chief identity. Our, in fact, our one of our chief identities is, like Serena was saying, 
bride. Mm -hmm. Like, I myself, which is kind of a weird <laughs> statement as a man, am the bride of Christ, uh, as we all are in, in the church, right? Um, we're, we're priests of God. We're uh, his children, um, and we are Christ's bride. Um, so singleness isn't in any of those categories, right? Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be our identity, but it should be something that we can uh, enjoy in that it's just us taking up those other three identities with the Lord. Um, I think another thing, too, that we can idolize is relationships in themselves. And that's kind of the step that we want to take moving forward is, you know, what does purity in relationships look like? We, we've covered singleness, um, and I think the next way that we want to look at purity is when we're in that relationship with a significant other and whether that relationship is um, comes from pre-surrendering um, our life to Christ and, you know, before we truly were Christian or we're looking to pursue a relationship with a fellow believer and, and what that looks like now. And I think those are two definitely different ways to approach it, but two very important ways that we can look at purity within relationships. Well, yeah, sure. So I think when we begin to talk about purity in relationships, one of the ways that, um, or one of the phrases that I seem to hear a lot in this context is, um, well, this is a gray area, right? Mm -hmm. That's something that I hear a lot in Christian circles. Um, there's a lot of gray areas involved with um, being pure in relationship. Um, and I think that in some ways that's true, in other ways that's not true. Um, but it, you're right, it is very easy to idolize um, various aspects of being in a relationship, whether that's um, looking to the person you're in a relationship with as savior or provider in your life, right? Mm -hmm. That's taking the role of God and idolatry, whether that's um, pledging your like sexual allegiance to them um, through acts or through your word um, prior to marriage. Um, again, that's something that is wholly against God and, and you're idolizing a person above God if, you, if you're willing to do that. Um, and it can even manifest in, in much smaller ways, like um, desiring to spend your time with uh, a person and neglect your relationship with God instead. I think there's, there's a lot of ways that we can do relationship wrong as Christians. And I think that because there's so many, or, or at least one of the reasons that we call this a gray area is because there's so many ways we can do it wrong and we often fall into those ways, we like to make excuses for ourselves. Mm. Um, especially here as college students where we're kind of starting to define our lives more and, and figure out who we are. We like to make excuses for ourselves and tell ourselves, well, we're really not that, that bad of a person if we do this in a relationship, surely, mm. because the Bible doesn't say anything about dating, you know, so mm. I can date however I feel led to date, right? Which is, I'm sure we'll get into it, but we'll see that that's kind of bogus. Um, you don't really go by feeling more than you go by what the, what the word of God says, or you shouldn't. Yeah, because the word of God has everything that we need to know, right? So even though it doesn't talk about dating, there's still truths in there about how we should pursue a relationship with another person. Um, so I don't know if anyone has anything in mind that they might want to bring out and maybe debunk kind of some things that are in that gray area that Jason was talking about. I think something that's important with the gray areas is that going into a relationship, a Christ-centered relationship, you have to have boundaries. Mm. Cause it's really hard to just go in there, just rush in there and then expect everything to turn out perfect. So being aware of where there can be uh, situations where you can be tempted into doing something that is not holy. So things such as like 
hang out maybe not exclusively but primarily like in a group setting where that temptation is not going to be there mm-hmm. or maybe saying like a curfew if you're like how late you will go on a date or just hang out with someone yeah i mean those kind of boundaries that you're talking about sound like like to a non-believer or to a relatively new believer or maybe an, an uh, unscriptured, I don't even know if that's a phrase, but like someone who's not very versed in the Bible, that sounds kind of extreme, Zane. You know, like, mm-hmm. like, what are you, your own parent? Like, what's the point of setting those kind of boundaries? It's really showing that you care for that person and that you care for their relationship in Christ that you don't want any way in which you guys could stumble. And so you're putting that forth and the kind of sacrificing things where it's like, oh, well, maybe we can't like be out as late as we want to, or maybe we can't do this certain thing. But it's really showing that you care about that relationship and you want that to be a holy relationship rather than just a normal relationship you see in like the secular world. Yeah, Zane, um, kind of going off of that, there's a verse in Job, um, Job thir- 38, 8 through 11, um, that just says, who shut in the seas see with doors when it burst out from the womb when i made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said thus shall thus thus far shall you come and no further and here shall be your proud your proud waves be stayed um so that just kind of like reminds me um like with having boundaries and limits in relationships um just kind of comparing that to like how the Lord like God created the oceans that are these vast and like mighty and um, beautiful and deep things and kind of comparing that to like a relationship or um, eventually marriage and how there's like the power of um, like the ocean and relationships and then but how there are um, like boundaries set with those um, like the ways like the and just the power in that and like looking at the Lord's power that he has um, to set those boundaries and just kind of comparing um, that to like our relationships. And again, like what we perceive as a restriction in a boundary, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a big buzzword in our community lately, boundary. I think it always has, <laughs> always has been, but um, without those boundaries in the ocean, there, there wouldn't be as much flourishing on dry land, right? Like mm-hmm. if, if waters could rage to and fro, obviously this doesn't take into account a whole lot of the, the physics involved in our globe, but <laughs> if they could just go wherever they wanted, it could wipe out huge sections of civilization, right? Um, as, it, as it sometimes does when, when a boundary fails. And I think that, that you're right, that same thing can be said of our boundaries and relationships, whether that's a romantic relationship or not, you know, even friendships have certain boundaries. If you, if you think, think about your friendships, I'm, I'm certain that you have some rudimentary boundaries set. Um, but as Christians, when we, when we get into a romantic relationship prior to marriage in our dating culture, it makes a whole lot of sense to set boundaries, to keep ourselves from doing what we know our flesh is prone to, should we not? So, you know, and there's a, there's a whole lot of different boundaries that we can set, whether that's um, physical boundaries to keep us from just giving ourselves over to sexual desire, or even emotional boundaries that keep us from giving too much of our heart to another person before that is cemented in a covenantal relationship in marriage, right? 
there's, there's a lot of different ways that we can set useful boundaries that aren't legalistic um, to keep us from doing something that we otherwise might. And from everything I know, too, relationships that have boundaries sound, like you said, restrictive. But at the end of the day, they're going to help your relationship flourish. Like you said, so does the boundaries on the ocean help the dry land flourish. Boundaries in your relationship might prolong it a little bit, might make it a little bit harder to truly get to know someone maybe as soon as you want. But at the end of the day, it's a lot easier to intertwine God in a relationship with another human being when there are set boundaries and set expectations, I think is another word that um, goes well with pursuing either either a relationship or like you were saying, a friendship with another person. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they go both ways and having God just be intertwined into that um, and the idea of the spirit being intertwined into that comes through those boundaries and comes through just ways that we can open a door for God to enter the relationship and, and be alongside of it as well. Yeah. And I think something too that's really important to note is that like as we talk about this, like we are human and we are we are going to stumble. And um just like in any area of life, um like we we're we're prone to error, we're prone to um sin and I think just that just like echoes the importance of um also, just like having um, people who will walk alongside of you in um, who aren't your significant other in your relationship, um, who you can just go have as being people who will check in and, and ask those hard questions um, and that you can just feel comfortable talking about um, like when we do stumble or sexual sin that um, does happen. Um, I think it's just so important. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. I think that as we talk about boundaries on this podcast, it might seem like we have it all together. Um, and even though I'm not a married man, it's, it's just simply not true. I mean, I, I've stumbled many, many times in numerous different relationships before I was Christian and afterwards and failing to set these or setting them and failing to follow them whether that be emotional, physical, or spiritual boundaries. Um, I, I failed many times myself, and I still know that choosing to respect um, the lines that God has drawn for us very clearly throughout the scriptures and what is good and pleasing to him in regards to a relationship, choosing to honor that is what brings life. And in the times where, I've, uh, where I have messed that up, or I have blatantly chosen to ignore such lines, it's often brought deterioration and even um, complete disintegration mm -hmm. to a relationship. You know, it's, I mean, as 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, um, actually, I think it's, yeah, 6.18 that says, um, no other sin is committed against a man, um, or rather, um, this is sexual immorality is the only sin that a man commits against himself. Um, it's really dangerous to ourselves and to the people around us, um, which is why it can be so problematic for us to break these boundaries. Yeah, I think it's hard to always adhere to boundaries. I think that's one of the reasons why it's really important to have someone that can keep you accountable. So I mentioned earlier that uh, I'm a part of an FNF group with a high point. And so pretty much that whole group is you get placed in a small group with accountability partners and you're able to 
confide in them and really uh, we meet like once a week and you're able to just talk with them areas where you did really well and you uh, uh, either single in a relationship that kept your boundaries or like didn't look at um, pornography or anything like that. And so having people that can help keep you accountable and can check in with you like throughout the week to make sure that you're hitting your goals. That's something that is also really important, no matter if you're in a relationship or single and continuing to pursue purity. Zing, what does FNF stand for? It stands for forgiven and free. Cool. Yeah, and I think something too kind of going off of that is just, um, I know that the devil loves to work in isolation and in darkness and it can be really hard to if we are struggling with sexual sin whether that be like pornography masturbation anything impure thoughts all of those things um that can be something that i think the devil will trick us into thinking that we're the only ones struggling with that or that like we're too we're too deep we're too far gone um no one else like knows what's going on in like my life or they would never think that i'm doing this or those kind of things but um honestly i think that it is just so freeing to bring those things out into the light and um i think like if that's something that you're listening to this and you're like that's me um i would just encourage you to um just find whether you want to call one of us or um, whoever that is, just reaching out and just, and just, um, yeah, someone who's safe, but just talking about, hey, this is something I'm really struggling with. And I can just assure you that there are so many people who like want to come around you and um, just speak truth into um, your worth in the Lord and um, all of those things. So yeah, I just encourage you to just be vulnerable because um, doing that can be just so, I find so much freedom in that um, and love too. So yeah. a little plug for that. Amen. Um, and that, that verse in 1 Corinthians 6, 18, um, it begins with flee sexual immorality. Um, but the fleeing, um, it, it matters where we flee to, right? Mm-hmm. We shouldn't yeah. flee, like Serena was just saying, to isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, we shouldn't flee to... Um, a place where we can be easily deceived into to further sin, whether that's sexual or otherwise, we should flee to a, a loving community. Um, and that's something that you can find here at Badger Crew. Uh, that's something that you can find in us. Um, there's later on when we give our references, um, I'll be happy to share my number. You can feel free if you're a Christian man to reach out and, and I will, I will talk through whatever you might need to talk through. I promise you that I have um, done terrible things in the way of sexual sin. Um, and I have been forgiven greatly by our Lord. Um, he is full of mercy. And so is this community. Well, Jason, if you want to kick off our reference minute here as we get started, um, I, I think that any one of us too, I know um, every week when we promo our podcast, our social medias are shared on the Badger Crew social media. So that's another way to contact any of us here or anybody um, that you see on the Badger Crew page would love to talk to you. Um, and we ha- definitely have a wide variety of um, people in the Badger Crew community, whether it be married for years on years, just married, just in a relationship, long-term relationship, or single. Like, we've got it all. So whatever you are, we'd love to connect to you with someone. 
but yeah, kick us off, Jason. Sure. Yeah. So, um, just because I don't want everybody calling me up, um, <laughs> not sure that, that would happen. I don't know how big our listener base is right now. Uh, if you wanted to shoot me an email, um, if you have anything you, you want to talk about, I, I'd give you my phone number through there. Um, Jason AC dot Horton at gmail.com. You can just email me if you have anything um, that you'd want to talk about with regards to uh, sexual purity, um, holistic purity, as it's talked about in the scriptures, singleness or relationships, anything along those lines. Um, but I'd also recommend a couple books. Um, the book Redeemed Sexually by Andrew Boa is the first um, Christian literature that I, and it's kind of a workbook of sorts as well, that I was able to find when I became a Christian. And it was, it, not only was it instrumental to my understanding of the reasons and goodness of boundaries and confession of sexual sins, but it was also instrumental to my conversion to Christianity. Um, so if you want to check out uh, a good book on those topics, Redeemed Sexually by Andrew Boa. Also, I've not actually read this book, so I can't vouch for it very much, but I know many, many people um, in pastoral positions and um, in who have been in the faith for much time have spoken very highly of the book Unwanted by Jay Stringer. Um, it's about sexual brokenness and how that reveals our way to healing. So feel free to check out Unwanted by Jay Stringer, Stringer as well. And for the other two who have not been on the podcast yet, this reference minute is just a time for you to plug other resources to our listeners um, about different ways that they can either learn about this topic or continue to grow in their spirituality as a whole. Um, so books, podcasts, churches, preachers, anything that you listen to or read that um, might just really provide some truth for someone else that is looking for more beyond this episode. Uh, so I've mentioned this a few times already, but uh, Forgiven and Free is a purity group at a high point church. And so if you're a man or a woman and you want to find uh, people that you can be accountable with, I would definitely recommend that. And also uh, The Sacred Search by Gary Thomas. It really, for me, as I was growing in purity, uh, just really taught me like what a Christ-centered relationship should look like and how not only just the purity, but like how like you should both set your mission for Christ and how uh, just working together and like having Christ be that foundation. I mean, that just really is what's going to take your relationship forward. Yeah, and um, two books that have just really um, helped teach me more kind of about um, these topics. So one of them is uh, called Sex, Jesus, and the Conversations, The Church Forgot. The Church Forgot um, and that's by Mo Isom. And that just really helped um, explain to me more of like the reasoning behind like what God calls us to and just helped me not see um, like just the don'ts like Jason was saying earlier but just the reason behind what we're called to um, and then this a second book that has been really helpful in um, just navigating dating and singleness is The Pursuit of Joy and or The Pursuit of Joy and Singleness and Dating by Marshall Siegel um, and that just has been really helpful in um, seeing how God uses our singleness and um, prepares us for dating and relationships and his design for marriage. And um, yeah, so those are two books I would plug for sure. Awesome. Thank you guys for sharing those references. Um, please check those out if you're looking for more information, not only about this topic, but just to continue to grow 
um, in our relationship with God and in sanctification just continually towards him. Um, but thank you guys for being here today. It's been a really great conversation um, that I think has been a really great addition to this Home Alone series. Um, I want to say next week, too, we will be continuing in our second to last episode for our Home Alone series. And this will just be about um, loneliness and mental health. Um, so we know we're in a spot in break right now where we're nearing the end and we're almost ready for second semester to get kicked off. Um, and this can just be a hard time for people looking ahead, but also maybe it hasn't been the best um, holiday break for you. Um, so we will be looking at that next week with some fresh guests. Um, but other than that, um, does anyone have any closing remarks they want to leave us with? Yeah, Vicky, I'd just like to to say that although we've talked a lot of uh, about like the negative commands, um, and, and I think we've tried to shed a positive light on that, and we and I think we've done that in in some ways during this podcast. I I hope that this is if nothing else an encouragement to people mm -hmm. as they're home alone right that's that's a whole point of of this series on the podcast right that that verse in leviticus that calls us to be holy as god is holy um, as i read earlier it concludes with for i have set you to be uh, for i have made you to be a people set apart right so the good news is that god is the one who is helping us um, to follow this call to purity right it's his holy spirit that is sanctifying us daily. And it's it's his power that enables us to, to actually meet some of these standards that he has for us. I mean, that's a, it's a day-by-day -day struggle that we have, um, but it's a struggle that we make through his power. So that should be an encouragement to you because the one who crafted the universe and who has given you life is the one who enables you now. Absolutely, and I thank you for just leading leaving us off on that great note of just encouragement as we go through this time. Um, but yeah, with that, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in here and working at the wheel. We're so excited to have you listening and hopefully have you back next week. Um, but other than that, have a great last couple weeks of your break. We can't wait to see you back on campus real soon. Bye guys. Keep spinning. Thank you.